This is Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Uh, flavor, flavor, please tell your neighbors, Ian Beckles with flavor in your ear. <laughs> Wake up, sports, music, and fashion, best of podcasting, what's going on now and what's soon to happen. Be sure to stick around, no fast forward or skipping, dropping jewels, you don't want to miss them. Make sure you listen, Ian Beckles with the flavor in your ear, the voice of the people, seriously, that flavor. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to Flavor in the Ear. Uh, I don't have to tell you guys that we're living in a crazy time right now. We're in the midst of COVID, right in the middle of it. Uh, I don't know if we're in the middle of it. I don't know if we're at the beginning of it. It might be the beginning. Who knows? It might be the end. Actually, the numbers are improving. But we're in the midst of it. Uh, there's Hurricane Laura, 150-mile-an-hour winds tearing up our country, the bowels, uh, but we're talking about race relations, okay? You know, I have a sports radio show, and, you know, I, I dreaded going in yesterday knowing that race relations is going to be what we're going to be talking about. And, I, and that's not something I really want to be talking about on air. I don't mind talking about it on a podcast. It's all good. But on air, I want to be talking about sports. But the unfortunate part is this is our life right now, okay? And race relations has never been more of the forefront than it is right now because we're we're in – we're in a crossroads right as we speak, and we can make it political. You can make it whatever you want, but we're definitely at a crossroads. And, you know, when I'm sitting here listening to both sides, and I'm one person, I'm not going to just blow smoke up my own ass and say, I watched the whole Democratic, you know, the whole spiel, and I watched the whole Republican spiel, all of it. From all the speeches, I watched all of it, okay? We've never been so separate in our lives, never. One side's overreacting, the other side's underreacting, and you can put anything, any kind of topic or title in there, and this is and that's relevant. My problem is, you know, I always like to say that I'm not Democrat and I'm not a Republican, and there's a lot of things that Democrats do that I cannot stand, and I'm definitely not that. The problem I have with Republicans right now is they're they're not acknowledging anything. You don't hear Republicans bringing up names of victims. You don't hear it. Almost like they want to sweep it under the rug. And when you talk to whether it's Barr or whoever, those guys, and they don't even really acknowledge or believe in systemic racism, uh, or they don't believe in racial inequality and racial injustices, um, then we, those are things that aren't debatable, people. Those, that's, those are facts, okay? That's our world. And somebody will say, well, why, why do you say that? What do you, where's your proof? Well, um, this all stems from a black man getting shot in the back seven times, an unarmed black man. I heard there was a knife in the car, but I don't know what police training you had. I'm pretty sure in the police training, if somebody has a knife in his car, I'm pretty sure the manual doesn't say to shoot him in the back seven times. Okay. There's so many other things you could have done than shoot the man in his back seven times. And, you know, we can get into the white kid walking on the street with an AR or whatever it was and not getting shot and him killing people. We can get into that, too. But, you know, that's almost beaten to death. It's to the point now where we have to get to the root. Okay, the root of it is cops, maybe just the United States of America, have fear of black people. They fear them. And if there's a built-in fear, if you say 
shoot to kill if you're in the fear for your life, then if you're in a fear for your life every time you pull over a black person, we're in trouble. We're in trouble because we're starting off, you know, on the wrong end of the stick. But if you think that that's the right punishment for what happened in that situation, then you're not the person I'm talking to either. And the whole thing with respecting cops, I, I respect cops as much as the next person. But you respect people who earn respect, correct? Listen, I live in South Tampa. I'm doing okay for myself. I'm not in the hood by any means. If you're in the hood, you think it's, you have the same you know, view of the cops as everybody else does? You saw the movie Straight Outta Compton, right? Okay, everybody saw a movie Straight Outta Compton. You know, if you looked at one of the scenes and they're successful businessmen in front of their music studio and the cops pull them over for no reason, and next thing you know, they have them laid down, face down on, on, the, on the pavement and they got their feet on them. Now, if that's the case, you know, are you going to respect that cop? You have to earn respect, okay? There's cops that don't do anything for the community. I just saw an interview the other day. A guy was interviewing a cop, and he says, well, how are the relations in the community? The cop goes, oh, it's really good. And, and I heard this, gr- this girl, white girl, by the way, say, please, you got to be kidding me. You guys don't do anything in our community. You guys don't help us. You guys don't care about us. You don't stop to talk about it to us. There was one community, and it was somewhere in the New Jersey area, where they revamped their police force, and they made the police force go out in the community, help, help out with different things, clean up, fix things, get to learn and know the community. Crime rate's way down, okay? This is something that can happen, people. I'm not talking about refunding and defunding and eliminating. Nobody wants that. And it seems like everything's so darn extreme. But when you talk about racial inequality, and everybody say, well, this you keep on preaching this doesn't exist. Let me give you some numbers, okay? This is in Hillsborough County, right in our, right in our body, right here. From 2003 to 2015, Tampa police wrote more than 10,000 bicycle tickets, okay? More than 10,000 bicycle tickets. 79% of them were issued to black people. Out of 10,000, 79% were issued to black people, okay? And by the way, blacks comprise of 26% of the, the Hillsborough County population. So you're 26% of the population, you got 79% of the tickets. Now, I'm a black man that rides my bike. I'm scared I get pulled over. For what? There was people that got tickets and citations for riding their bikes without their hands. Okay? Do you think if a white kid from Culberth Isles whose dad's a lawyer, you think you're going to pull that kid over and give him a ticket for riding his bike without his hands? I dare you. I see what happens. Okay? This, this, this young man, he wasn't that young. He was older than me. Alfonso Lee King was stopped by the cops and had his bicycle confiscated. He was 56 years old, by the way. He had his bicycle compensated because he couldn't provide a receipt to prove that the bike was his. Do you have a bike? Do you think anybody ever in the history of bikes has a receipt to their bike to prove that it's their bike? Do you see the difference? There's a difference now. There, you know, There's some cops that set out to do wrong. And I'm telling you, the difference makers in this world, and it's gonna, it's a, it's a sad state of affair. But you know who's gonna make the difference in this in this country is athletes. 
athletes because athletes, are, there's no better representation of black people than athletes. There's very few black people in the media. I'm one of few in this area. There's not that many black people in Hollywood. Corporate America is run by, is run by white America, okay? And, you know, black America is used to hearing shut up and dribble, the athletes. Remember that uh, Laura Ingham scumbag that said, shut up and dribble? You know, it's, it's, we've come a long way from that. And athletes are going to end up making a difference. Kylan Hill is a, uh, was a Mississippi State running back, and he came out and said, I'm not playing this year if you guys don't chase that damn flag. I'm not, I'm not playing. This is crazy. It signifies hate. It signifies what's wrong with this country. I'm not playing. That led to 46 coaches from eight different Mississippi universities going to the Capitol and demanding change. And get what's happened. They changed it. Bubba Wallace is the only black racer at NASCAR. He said, I'm not comfortable with that flag. Remove it. And they removed it. Athletes are going to make a difference. And the NBA, you know, they, they, they walked out for the one day or a couple of days. The Bucks initiated it. They're going to come back and they're going to play. Listen, good. You don't, you don't want less of a platform. You want a platform. Doc Rivers, I think his speech, his tearful speech the other day was one of the best things I've heard in a while. By the way, Doc Rivers' dad was a cop, so if you think he's anti-cop, well, you're wrong. Uh, I thought his speech was fantastic. If it came in just social media, you might have seen it, but since it was after a basketball game, everybody saw it. So we need the platforms. And, you know, sports is going to play a big part in reforming this country. And, you know, we have sports going on right now. The NFL is right around the corner, two weeks as of yesterday for the first game. Uh, it's, it's a different complexion. Don't Jerry Jones, I tell you what, Jerry Jones, you better not tell your team they can't kneel. You better not. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's not the same as it was last year. It's not the same. A lot of things have changed. And for me, a lot of things have changed for the better. All right, because it's it's a whole different feel right now. You don't want to be against Black Lives Matter. You don't want to be against kneeling. Listen, I watched a whole league kneel, and Colin Kaepernick still can't get a job in the NFL. Cops are kneeling. Politicians are kneeling. First responders are kneeling. And Colin Kaepernick still can't find a job in the NFL. I think that's very, very telling. If anybody wants to get in contact with me, it's Ian Beckles at RadioInfluence.com. Make sure you're listening to the Ron and Ian Show Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 95.3 FM and 620 AM and on my other podcasts as well. But I appreciate you guys listening in, and i got to get this off my chest or I'll drive you crazy. Have a wonderful weekend, and please be safe. Peace out. To keep the conversation going, follow Ian on Twitter at Ian Beckles and check out DignitaryRadio.com to get the latest on where you can find him next. This has been Ian Beckles, Flavor in Your Ear on Radio Influence. Bringing that flavor. Flavor.
This is a As You Were podcast quick fix on Radio Influence. First of all, no one's in the airport. No one's flying right now. But they try. They kept trying to call me, like uh, New York State Health, whatever. They were like, hey, are you here? I'm like, listen, I don't have time right now to, to talk about this. It's so fake how they're wait, doing wait, wait. So New York State Health Department called you? or Yeah, so what you do is you could opt either for a phone. I put text messages, so clearly they're not even paying attention. I put... um. You could either get a text message, they check on you, or um, a phone call. I put text message like three times on this. Hey, I want to be uh, notified or spoken to via text. They kept trying. Hey, do you have uh, 25 to 30 minutes for what? We just want to see, you know, your quarantine. I'm like, I'm home right now. Like, I, I, I don't have this time to talk. And they called. I had it was 35 times they called oh, trying shit. to speak about. I said, can you text me? I, I'm too busy. I'm quarantine you know i was i was home and stuff like that but they it's just it just seems like it's a big show how are you someone could say anything like hey yeah i'm home right now but then they could be in new york city doing whatever the fuck they want you know so it seems like floridians were crazy well i'm I'm considered floridian now right that with like all the whole thing with covid you know like oh the numbers are really high there but when I went to New York, New York just seemed real dirty compared to Florida for some reason. I don't know if it's, there's more sunlight, it's more air like over here. Though. Yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, it just seems like I, I would assume COVID would still be pretty bad over there. But So that's crazy to me. I mean, because like one, on one side, it's, it's, it's like, okay, there, there is accountability. There is, you know, a system in place to, to ensure that, you know, people are quarantining or, you know, doing their mm-hmm. best to, be safe and people are calling and checking in on you mm-hmm. on the other side me as the freedom libertarian you know i don't tread on me <laughs> it's like leave me the, the hell alone the as you were podcast can be found on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher google Podcasts, tune in radio and radioinfluence.com